This is the 10th and final episode of season one, y'all. I'm thrilled to have been able to bring y'all this much content, and I'm grateful for the folks, many of you listeners, who have been hella supportive of the space that I'm trying to cultivate with this podcast. For this episode, I dug through the Black Matter archive and found a kiki between Madison and I with our friend Aaron McIntosh. Hey, Aaron, at a party that we hosted a while back in the Richmond Arts District. Listening to it all, it feels crazy now, given how much has shifted around us from what we once viewed as normal. I don't have some formal response about everything going on right now because I think it's all timely, overdue. I have thought a lot about the concept of normal and how that will always have an expiration date when the core of its foundation is a lie. What I do have, though, is the last episode of this season and a promise that season two is going to be a lot of tea, both hot, strongly caffeinated, and joyful because the journey, no matter how tense things get, must include intentional space for Black joy. It's one of our many tools of resistance. Macintosh. I've been in Richmond the last three years, but it's the second time I've lived in Richmond. And I am a queer fiber artist. Um, I'm a fourth generation quilt maker from Mm. Appalachia. And the um, way I'm involved in today is the exhibition that's here in Basic Queer Kudzu is a project that um, is also a platform for different queer artists to share their works um, and think intersectionally about oppression in the South and its specifics. And yeah, this came about from meeting Chaz at a, at what are we, at Diedrich Bracken's oh, shout out artist to talk. Yeah, great talk. Amazing shout out to another queer fiber artist. Really dope artist. I had been in touch with, I was trying to get, um, so the sort of other events that have been happening are Queer Appalachia is part of the platform picnic series. Julia Gartrell taught kudzu basket weaving, mm. and I was trying to work with um, Song, Southerners on New Ground, and mm. I had had been reaching out to them for a couple months and hadn't heard anything, and so I asked Chaz, hey, do you know anybody in Song? And you're like, I know of Song, I don't know anybody. And then I was like, Chaz should do something. And I had heard about <laughs> Black Matter, I had heard about the podcast, and I had met Chaz through uh, his work in the MATX program and through Pam Lawton yeah. and Aww. Art Ed, and it just felt like, this sounds great. I knew you were telling stories. This project yeah. is a big thing about sharing queer stories yeah. and trying to um, help them vivaciously grow yeah. in the South. So yeah. anyways, it seems like a perfect... I love like the way perfect... that, that our kind of like synchronicity, all three of us, has felt mm-hmm. very like kind of, you know, interdisciplinary. And there's mm-hmm. there's texture texture downstairs and there's video and there's, mm-hmm. there's queer music. Like the aesthetic is shifting. I just like that we literally took over this gallery. <laughs> literally, you know. Um, and who we have the house mother on our show. Mm. Uh, you've been here many times because this is the mentor of the show. Um, I didn't even create this title without writing it. <laughs> I didn't even create a title for the show. Not even the first word that you see on the title page is run by her. Um, tell us, you know, just briefly. They know who you are. 
Well, I don't know how coherent I'm going to be. I've had like 49 Aperol spritz, so I'm just going to preface with that. Um, and I was told I had to get you there. We're just doing a, yeah. <laughs> We're just doing a, te- a ten minute kiki. Yeah. Madison Moore. I'm assistant professor of queer studies at VCU and uh, in the Department of Gender, Sex, and Women's Studies. Um, and a DJ. <clears throat> DJ mm-hmm. and DJing is really part of my practice. Yes. It's about like queer world making yes. and reclaiming, in particular, techno music and house music back from the kind of like white, straight, cishet kind of normal kind of narrative that mm. DJs are that. Mm. And so for me, it's very interesting and important and exciting to play music that is unexpected and that people aren't used to and that doesn't have words in it. I don't have to like respond viscerally and emotionally mm. um, to, the, to the sound. Yeah. So I'm, that is like something that you'll find like when, I, you know, in my sets or, you know, you were asking me, can you play salons? I was like, no. <laughs> this ain't the radio this ain't a Spotify playlist yeah I'm giving you like DJ yes I'm giving you I'm giving you a sound world yeah I gave you a little bit of you know Azealia Banks yeah we got a little bit of and it. I gave you some like Vogue beats you yes. know and I gave you some Paul, Ex- Paul Alexander mm. who's like mother like of kind of Vogue mm. um, in New York City and so, I think the, Im- the ambiguity of your of your work and what you're doing like is all about kind of creating those possibilities like you if you have the lyrics in a song then you can only do so much with it, yeah. right? Yeah. But if you have the beat and the sound, like it reminds you so much of queerness mm-hmm. because you have to think about like, what do I do with this? How do I move? How does it center well, my identity? The thing is yeah. like, so I, I played a show a couple weeks ago in Bloomington, Indiana. So like literally like, <laughs> boop. And what did um, you eat? Red meat. And- <laughs> yeah, were there by- <laughs> did you eat red meat? Did you meat? find soul food? <laughs> I was like, is that a sexual question? Um- <laughs> <laughs> what was Grindr giving? <laughs> um, were they all corn fed? Corn they were definitely corn fed. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was in Bloomington, Indiana, and um, I played. I don't. I don't. I don't. There's different approaches, I think, to DJing. So some people like are like per hire, and they play to sort of like appeal or appease the crowd, mm-hmm. and that's one form. And I'm just for me creatively, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in like on going on a sound journey and taking people, trying to take people with me to mm-hmm. a space. And so in Bloomington, I like played. So queer. I played my. I was like, I'm doing. I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. This, I'm is, this is what it is. Yeah. I'm taking you there. <laughs> yeah. Get into it. You know. Buckle up. Yeah. Or don't buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> okay. I don't well, know. Here we what go. do they call them? That we always have the oh shit handles in the car. Yes. <laughs> the first time you bought it, you're like, I think yes. I'm ready, but you're not. You're not ready. <laughs> Never ready. Uh uh-uh. uh. And so. You, you know, as a, as a you know, DJ or whatever, you can always look at the sound person mm. and if the sound person's into it, then you know, like, something is, is right. Mm. So the sound guy at this queer bar where I played in, in Bloomington was, like, really, like, he was, like, into whatever <laughs> I was doing. At the end, he was like, that is the gayest music I've ever heard. <laughs> no, but, like, literally, I was playing, like, more, like, harder than I did today, mm-hmm. which, I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm, my, my kind of frame of reference for what is hard now is really... Yeah, skewed because I like hard, dark sounds. Yeah, but I didn't. Well, when I've seen hard femme before, yeah, it's like different vibes than mm-hmm. what today. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so yeah, so that's good. So, so it worked. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I played more, like more harder kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Oh, that's the gayest music I've ever heard." And I was like, "That's interesting because most <laughs> no, because most gay when I you know you go to gay bars or clubs and it's like it's more sort of the typical top 40 stuff mm-hmm. that, that yeah. kind of stuff yeah. which has its place but mm-hmm. I was just so 
like excited that he was like, that's the gayest I've ever heard. And I was yeah. like, wow, what do you mean by that? He said, well, it's music you do poppers to. And I, just, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I really want to build on that because it was just so fascinating that he was like so into it. You know, he was like, we never get to sound music in Indiana. Thank you so much for playing. Yeah. And I did have some girls come, they were like, can you play, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't think so. Come back tomorrow, I'm sure you'll hear that. You know, you're right, like if, that, if those songs had words, it would totally limit that because experience. you're like you're connected back to the world. You're connected. Yeah, back to the world. yeah. You don't reference. actually. Yeah. And it's about yeah. taking you out of your body and taking you out of like mm. now and yeah, bringing you felt, somewhere else. It did feel right. very out of out of body. This one thing you said, I want to. I want to. I feel like a lot of people have been making this distinction between gay and queer. What? Um, give me some tea on that because I just feel like I've been hearing that a lot. Hmm. Well, we were talking about like gay bar versus queer bar. Yeah. So what does that mean in your perspectives? I, you know, it's kind of, I mean, it's also, you know, I'm 35, so I feel like Work. I've seen gay bars change, yes. you know, or like, or, you know, like, I don't, I feel like today when a space is mostly cis white gay men, like myself, I mean, mm. that, that is me. I don't identify as gay, I identify as queer mm. and have a pretty... And tell me what that distinction means. For me, I mean, for, for me, it's that I don't. Um, I'm not interested solely in like the company of people like me, I think, both mm. like sexually, romantically and platonically. Mm. Um, and then, I don't know, I, like my own sexual desires are not limited to like, the penis. <laughs> that is queer for me, but I think also too, like I, I came out in a super rural place and the first queer community I ever had were radical fairies. And so like yes. I was already as a little queer, like yeah. a weird yeah queer, i don't like when i came queer. out i came out as queer and you know it was like a kind for me it was never like a real like like oh you know you wake up yeah. or you have some like epiphany that i and i had no epiphany i just like i started making out with guys it's been the bottle punk parties yes and then that developed into something else and then i moved to this really rural craft school <laughs> and the and one of the my fellow students like is a founder of a one of these radical fairy communities in rural Tennessee, Short Mountain is like the one that's kind of famous, but there's a sister one that like, it was um, men who broke away from that because they wanted to make space for actually like queer women and like uh, trans people. Yeah. Cause yeah. Short Mountain was like very gay male. Cause I was at a, a uh, I presented at a black men's retreat in Atlanta not too long ago. The person who was running the retreat um, made this, he was, he made it very clear that like, this is a black male, like queer space. It's not a black male gay space yeah. because like he was saying the word gay has been kind of co-opted by like white corporate yeah. capital one. Indeed. Is well, I was going to say it's like, it's yeah. pride. Yeah. It's yeah. Like so he was gay. like pride that's sponsored by corporate yeah. sponsors. Like, you know, these organizations that will sponsor pride, but don't hire queer and trans people. Yeah. And so he was making this very clear distinction between gay and queer and saying that like, I believe that black men are queer. I don't, I don't ascribe to a black male gay identity. Just say that I think that, um, let it out, girl. Yes. <laughs> queer, for me, queer is like, it means a bunch of different things. And I don't know that I, gay makes me bristle a bit. Makes you what? Bristle. Like, I'm like, oh, because for me, it represents a certain kind of whiteness and uh -huh. a certain kind of like, yeah masculinity or That's even corporate a corporate masculinity yes, even, you know yes. and i'm just like mm, i don't really care well i think it gay that leans much. into masculinity you say what too it like leans and, into and masculinity it's about like know? getting us to see as like i don't like we're normal look gay marriage like 
We're just like you. We want to be married and have a two-car garage. And I want to be a weirdo. I want to be Me a too. girl. I don't want to fit in. I don't, yes. I'm not interested in that, those, those politics. Yeah. But you see it also in space, right? So you see it like when you go, so just back to the conversation about gay bar versus queer bar, mm. like when I was in Bloomington, this bar, like, and I, again, I don't, I, don't, I don't live in Bloomington. I don't know what it's giving for the girls who are there, but just popping in, they had like, Black Lives Matter, like mm. in the bathroom, just like written mm-hmm. over and over and over again. It was like part of the bathroom. I, don't know, I just, I, I, I really, I, I responded to the space, mm. you know, and the fact that like they had a big sign when you walk in, it was like, "Don't call the police if you have an issue with somebody. Mm. If you have some tea, try to find, try to resolve it. Whatever. Do not call the police. Mm. You know, like, yeah. and I was like, you would not see that. <laughs> like, you don't see that almost anywhere. You know what I mean? But I, I, I do think that there are, like, parties and collectives and folks who are trying to, like, create this space. And I think that the dance floor is a space where that's happening. And, by the way, techno music is mm-hmm. largely the soundtrack to these, to those politics. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so, for me, that's what queer is. For me, queer is, like, when I walk into, like, a smoky, you know, shitty club in Berlin that's full of smoke and everyone's been there two days <laughs> and like i don't know you know you don't and know waxing and waning <laughs> yeah you don't you know you don't know who anyone is and you know you don't know who, how anyone identifies it doesn't matter because they're here mm-hmm. now for like an experience you know what i mean and they might have a girlfriend or they might be straight or they might not know mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. and then we're just all bodies in this particular space sounds like queerness that you're saying is like resisting the binary right? just doing what you do just being in your body yeah just not having any you know removing the policing mm-hmm. from the body because you know i i, I do think that in, in queer spaces we are also influenced by these white supremacists heteronormative ways of being and i remember i was i was at i was out to drinks and kiki with two of my friends and um we were having this conversation about just like this like queer couple walked by and we were just like, we were, we were drunk and being, you know, yes. cute. We were like, Hey, and they were just like, you know, if you can see me, <laughs> I don't see her. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 like, why is there this like pretentiousness in, mm-hmm. in, in gay or queer spaces, whatever you want to call it, where it's like, you see someone on the street and we're recognizing each other. It's like, mm. cause I do experience that, yeah. um, especially at say a gay it's bar. Very, it's very yeah. real. It's very, very real. Yeah. And so he, that's how this conversation about like queerness versus gay. Yeah. Cause he was like, those are kind of, those are gay men, right? Yeah. Like if you're identifying as queer, it's just about saying well, hi to all the weird people. But it's, it's, I mean, <laughs> that's like all boundary policing, you know, it's sort of like, like you, if you're not doing the Teddy, t- I don't know. Like if you're not if you're like not looking, nails and yeah. you're not doing drag. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's like 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 you know, it's uh, I think a lot of that is you know like the people want things na- nice and tidy and neat and mm. like you fit in your box and don't you dare like be part of mine or I mean but, uh, that, a lot of that's this like weird old ass shame too that like yes. people who are loud uh, and and queer and sort of very like open and flexy with their queerness are like dragging all the rest of us down and they, yes. they're the reason that we don't have da, 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 when actually it's like quite the opposite mm. it's like these are the last you know flaming creatures that are actually showing us something different than like i mean you know like what will what will even gayness be when it is i mean it's almost there that it's it is no different i mean like literally we have like a presidential candidate who is a gay christian and it's like i don't fuck with him but just the optics of like that as a possibility shows you you know and so i was telling a friend i was like i am not interested 
in Pete Buttigieg as like a candidate. Yeah. Like I, me I, either, I, and I feel like I don't it's care. Weird save, <laughs> yeah. gay savior complex. It's very, it's very that. about that too. He's very, he's very like respectable. It's very respectable, yeah, and automotive, and you know, absolutely very, that gets very, into respectability. Politics. Listen, it's, it's like, all of that. Yeah. It's all of that. Yeah. And so I think not only a box, it's selling. It's like selling gayness. Because I saw this article that was like, yeah. was like what was it? it? Was like, you know, Pete Buttigieg is like a. Christian gay that like freaks out evangelicals because he's like he knows the Bible and he like knows all this stuff yeah. and they're like oh my god you know what you know. let's not bring them let's not bring them, you know whatever no, no, no that oppression no but but so what I wanted to say is like I I want to give I do want to give space for folks who because like I don't know that we either of us when we were like sixteen or eighteen or even twenty or even thirty knew Soft. who we were maybe or like how we wanted to be in our bodies and so I do think there was a moment where like we, all of us maybe perhaps did try to fit in or were gay mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. whatever like this. Mm-hmm. And folks who are coming from like, maybe not the big cities. And I grew up in, you know, um, St. Louis. And so, you know, like, I think that I do want to give space for people to expand and stretch out and discover yeah, and their he, queerness for them. Yeah. he does that. Yeah. He is, a, you know it, it I mean? is representation. Like discover it for themselves. For gay. I, I do think that like, maybe gay is the first step for folks. Like, oh, oh God, You yes. know what I mean? And then you discover totally. later. Gay and married. They live in a house. So yeah. this is great. like I am not on the apps here in Richmond. I am married and like in an international relationship. But so my friends that are on the apps here, they're like my friend Chase just moved to town. I'm learning so much about like exactly what you're talking about. He he's like dated maybe I think four guys mm. who are just divorced from their wives and discovering their gayness. You know, and queer and like, you know, it's like they're they're already moving from a space of like such solid normativity that I think like and then his interactions with them, too, are just strange. I, you know, this is like what we talk about so much. I also am kind of like, well, I mean, is this like the more things get open and the more these boundaries start to fall, then like the more of these men who had these secret desires like they come out. Which is why I think it's important that they get exposed, even when it's like the instance where you and your friends are sort of like, hey, girl, hey, like freaking them out. It's good for people to be freaked out a little bit. The tea is that they want it. So this is, you know, another continuation of uh, Black Matter podcast, and I created this podcast with the help of Wes and with Madison, just kind of talking about the multiplicity of, of Blackness. I really want to, like, feature Black folks on the show that um, are disidentifying from the identity that has been, like, expected or sewed, and kind of creating and sewing our own, you know? So that's why I use, like, Black dimensionalities um, in the description of the show, because I'm just interested in creating a platform where we can get together and just like have conversations about like the raw multiplicitedness, multidimensionalityness of black identity expression. Mm-hmm. So with that, um, and for those of you that are annoyed with the music in the background, we are at a party at 1708. Um, Madison and I's uh, Black Queer Takeover of the Kitsu um, exhibit. You should be here. If you're not, if you're not this black event, you're at the other one, <laughs> right? Yeah. 
Um, and if you're not at neither of those, like, fuck you. <laughs> Who do I have on the show right now? Let's start with um, Miss over here. Uh, my name is Amber Seva. I am a curator and I live in Richmond. Yes. And I curate at the ICA. We know the ICA very well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's we me. Know. We know who you are. Yes. Black Matter number two for me. Yes. <laughs> Wesley Taylor, artist, designer, uh, teacher at VCU, professor. Are you introvert? I'm very much so. Really? So one of the things that we centered in this event uh, with the photo call was Black Joy. And I love talking to um, black creatives about black joy because I think that it is a way of political engagement. It's a side of resistance. And it's just like a way to say like, yeah, as black folks, as people of color, queer folks, we don't always have to create art that is like answering questions about racism and about the times. We can just like create art that like shows us, you know, having a good fucking time. And that's totally okay. Basically I'm asking, how do you experience joy in your life? Uh, Without white people. I don't know. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you dreaming about? A beach. A beach, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on, legs on the beach. <laughs> uh, why the beach? Why did that come to your mind? Well, I don't know. I mean... You want to get away? And the beach is like, I don't know, I'm like a... I come from the beach. I'm from Miami. Mm. It's And it's also a representation of like, you know, a life without... Limitation. Yeah, or rules, yes. or like some sort of obsession with productivity. Yes. Oh. So. How about you? I've been on this kick recently of figuring out like a permanent, a potential permanent place in Richmond, like buying property. Oh. And so like I have this dream of like buying acres right outside of Richmond, and then like building like a compound of buildings in a gay club. <laughs> and so like this compound of buildings could ha- have all kinds of functions come on the after gates vibes i know i know i know <laughs> right i think i think i think i could um sounds really dope yeah and james baldwin said that black people must own property and it's the it is the way right yeah and i'm all for it and and somehow like this compound of buildings will like serve like me and my practice, but yeah. then like also other practices. Yeah. And like once again, like if the space is big enough, you can blast music loud yes. enough. Yes. And you know, be out there with the rednecks and like not have the rednecks bother me. You know what I mean? Like all of that. And then potentially if it could be a place where people could see as an alternative to say maybe the institution. Um and you know if I could get like if I could post people and be like listen teach or mentor or like develop talent in different ways in like this space and create like actually just dope stuff that's like not just developing like students but then like people's individual careers and having it like go out into the world and yeah. like and people come to the spot like the world come to there so I have a little bit of practice of doing that in Detroit, but I'm trying to think about do I want to do that in Richmond? Do, do, do I want to do that in, like in the desert? Uh, do I want to do that somewhere else? So in Puerto Rico, I like Puerto Rico. Yeah. Okay. I mean Richmond, you know, Richmond needs that. I know. I, was, I know. That's what I, know. I was thinking. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Richmond just needs more spaces that are liberating in terms no of like blending the simultaneity of like queerness and blackness and POCness and yeah. 
excuse me, Richmond just needs, you know, spaces that don't close at 2 a.m. I know. He needs all of that. So it's a good, it's a good spot to think about. So that's a dream. That's a dream. That's a good one. Listen, you know, like norms are hard. I mean, and we all suffer under them. Norms are difficult and challenging, you know. And so, the pressure to fit in, the pressure to be to be seen as regular, as normal, to be able to go to the grocery store and not be noticed or whatever. I mean, these these are very real pressures. And so when some, we so when you when we pump to Kroger in a in a in a in a in a, in a lime green crop top. And a sequin cat, you know, sequin top or whatever. <laughs> they know like, with some bare like, midriff. They want you know. And the thing is, is that for the, I had this conversation the other day because I walked into my, um, I had dinner with my, one of my mentors and his partner, gay white couple, and they're very loving. And I consider them family. But I wore a crop top um, because it was we were having dinner at home, like yeah. whatever. It was just at his apartment, and he was like, "Oh, like you're wearing a, a, a crop top, like," and he said something about just like, just this question of like, "Oh, it, it, we're having dinner," and I'm like. <laughs> We're having dinner. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I'm ready. Like, yeah. When is the, you know. And he made this, he made this statement about like, um, do I have the body to wear a crop, a crop top? And it was offensive. <laughs> but I was like, you sound like a straight white man. You're, you're having this policing in your mind of like, who is worthy of wearing a crop top and who's not. And I said, I was like, for you, you are a white gay man. If you want to, to pass, you can. If you don't open your mouth, people see you as a straight white man mm. and you can have all the dividends that that produces. Yes. But for me, I don't, as I've learned from, shout out to Angie Thomas, the book, The Hate You Give, she talks about this. Like, mm. as, as black folks, as black queer folks, as black femme folks, like, we don't have that option to pass. Like, I'm, my body is already disruption in academic spaces, so I might as well do the hair extensions. I might as well do the crop top. I might as well wear the girl's shoes, whatever that means. Like, do, you might as well do what you want to do because I can't revert back right. to passing. And I think that was where he just saw this difference between he and I because he can wear a crop top sometimes and then he can wear a polo and jeans and nobody questions him. Mm -hmm. I can get pulled over by the police in the polo or the jeans or in the crop top. Mm -hmm. So I might as well wear, I might as well get pulled over wearing what the fuck I want to wear, right. you know? And so I do think that like a lot of men um, come over into this world, but then we'll sometimes make these active choices to go back. Um, and I'm just trying to make They sure. always want to go back. Yeah. That's what they, they always want to go back. Because it worked, well, but back it worked for them. safety, you know? Yeah. Or, and it's like, Maybe it's at the level of their job, or maybe it's at the level of their family, mm -hmm. or... But we don't have that option, Yeah, you know? Conversations with, like, gay versus queer. Is it's very, very real. And I just, you know, we were saying earlier that I, you know, I wish that there were... Like, I went to... It doesn't take much to have a really nice, or a really, like, a sort of a gay bar or space or queer space that feels like... Richmond like, needs you know, it, honey. Um... So speaking of the eagle, which I'm like, is, is like a space that's like... Which one, the Baltimore or the New York? Oh, there's like eagles everywhere. <laughs> but I went to the... I went to the, I went to the eagle. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you a falcon? Oh, 
I don't even know what's right, but I don't know what's right. That's an eagle meme. I just tried to do some eagle. We, well, whoever edits this, <laughs> whoever edits this, please add an eagle sound right now. Um. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you might have a mockingbird there. Yeah. <laughs> So I went to the Eagle in, in, in Philadelphia mm-hmm. and this was after I went to a space called, what's it called? It's called the Wood, the, not the Woodward, that's in, that's in Detroit. Woody's, oh, Woody's, Woody's, Woody's. I went to yeah, Woody's. Yeah, yeah. I've been to Woody's. So Woody's is like the longest running that's gay bar yeah. in Philadelphia. Yes. So, mm-hmm. And I went there, okay, let me see what it's getting. the first gay bars I've ever been to. And I was like, it's a big space. Where, where are the gays? It just felt like very it's gentrified. heteronormative. Mm. Um, or not even heteronormative, like, like literally like I didn't I don't know if there were any gays. There were like so many like straight like couple mm. like literally men and women yeah. like couples. Yeah. Really? Who were like making out and this and that. And I was like, I don't understand what's going on. Why are you here? And it had all the accoutrements, you uh-huh. know, of a gay bar with like the videos and Britney Spears yeah. and like, you mm. know, Monica and like drag you RuPaul's drag race queens or whatever. So I was like, okay, like Architecturally, I'm in a gay bar. I'm, like, yeah, I'm in yeah. a gay bar, but people-wise, I don't really know. The package. Yes, the package, the package is not is really performing realness, but <laughs> and so then I later went to the Eagle, which is like I think it's it has like three three levels, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In New York, I've one? never been to in, the in, Philly in Philadelphia. One. It definitely has three levels. It's like that. a basement, and then like a main level. You walk in, and like upstairs with like a pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you walk in, main level, whatever. It looks like a shitty bar, and upstairs mm-hmm. like a pool table. But where I liked was downstairs because it was like not much bigger than this, and it was just like concrete, like with one red light mm-hmm. <laughs> and like guys in harnesses and just things happening and like music. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is why we need this. Yeah, a space that's like this. And in fact, possibilities. Like, it is the only possibility. It's it's really like what frustrates me, and what I would love to kind of work on here is like creating a space where like the queer and the sex positive or whatever meets like great music and a great yeah. sound system so they're not separate they're it's like the same experience yeah. you know what i mean yeah and so one of the best clubs that i've been to in london that's like um it is a thing it's called it was called um i can't remember the name of this fucking place anymore but it had only like one red light and it was like a, um it wasn't a gay club. It was just like a club. It, mm-hmm. It's where dubstep music, dubstep music was like born and like performed all the time. Oh, and wow. they had this party there called Forward, FWD. Um, hmm. And they had like one, it was like tiny, one red light hanging down the room. Hmm. The CDJs was like one over here, one over here. So the mm-hmm. DJ was like kind of always going back and forth. <laughs> and it was a tiny space, but the sound system was so good. And it was like the cutting edge of like dance music in London. Mm. And we need a space here that is like the cutting edge of dance music that is also queer and sex positive and has all those other bits to it. They're, they're not separate. See, that's what I, we were talking about. This is like, I, I just kind of figure it must not be like fallout is the closest thing, but they seem to have a lot of rules. I, just yeah. literally from even just to talk about the space. Like I feel like there's a lot of signage and, <laughs> and then also too, like fallout is really cool. But the, the second time I think I ever went there, we got kind of like had a really homophobic experience with someone who yes. works there. I have heard, I have heard so and um i was drunk and just started totally mouthing off at that person and we got thrown out but jackie and i have made amends and now i do feel welcome there and and she actually ended up firing that person apparently they did they had another thing where they also were just like really nasty Mm -hmm. a straight white woman who called a gay person there a fag and it's just like 
how do you run it? So yes, <laughs> ditto all these thoughts. I think something I'm curious about too and why, like I have also been in a number of these spaces and I was telling you about, um, I think something I increasingly feel uncomfortable about is So, I mean, like some of my, some of my sex partners, like my lovers over the years are also trans guys. And depending on the space, there are definitely some spaces like that where they're not welcome, mm. you know? And so I think that's what I, I'm curious to see. And it would be like amazing if this could blossom in Richmond, you know, a figure out how we can have a sex positive space, B that it can be as inclusive as possible and not, be just like a hyper masculine space because that's my yes. only critique of those spaces is that they're really fun like yes, yes i love to fucking get fucked in those spaces and um there's something that can feel really special about like a doing queer it, yeah guy's own but that it also yeah i don't know it's hard to parse those things so and i will say like just a couple weekends ago uh my partner Teo and i went to the jackhammer in chicago Mm-hmm. And I did notice that, like, is, there were some definite, I mean, there's some, like, definite trans bodies in that space. And we're moving around. And actually, it seemed like everyone was pretty chill. So I also kind of think that these things are changing. changing. As we all know at this table, like, how people think and do de- gender is changing. changing. And, you know, I like to think that they'll be more open. But anyways, but if I, we're building, if we're world building yes, and we're like dreaming yes. up the perfect place, like that's I mean, my I only think you thing. Can do that. How can we make, how can we make that? You have to start small. So I think the, where a lot of clubs, because a lot of clubs open and close yes, within yeah, a yeah. year or whatever years. And it's just because they're too big. Especially they try to do anything. It's yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. have to be specific. You have to like, yeah. this and is And the girls are ready in Richmond. This I is think what they're ready. And so I think that like starting small and I think that even having like a door policy so like people who are like super bro like sorry you can't oh yeah you know what i mean you gotta have a bouncer <laughs> um, but also i think that like it's tricky in virginia in particular because what i know about all i know about sort of abc is that like literally if a venue sells alcohol you, have food. you can't have nudity already like already that that's the beginning well, that's, that's, what that's only the beginning so what if there's like a we used to be a poppers only club yeah no but like but throughout marketing but throughout no bar no but come ready but throughout (laughs) like club history and rave history this i mean why do you think that people have like drink tickets drink tickets is because you weren't able to sell alcohol so Mm -hmm. you would buy tokens Mm -hmm. you would like go to a machine Mm -hmm. and like buy or whatever you'd get tokens because you're not actually selling alcohol you're selling tokens you use (laughs) tokens to buy alcohol you know what i mean so there are all kind of ways that folks have like Try to get around yeah. these legal strictures. Yeah. So we need to be and creative. black and queer people know how to get around. Structures. You know, <laughs> um, like our whole existence. Just, yeah, otherwise we wouldn't be around. Yeah, there's a there's, a there's a party that I went to where they also have ABC. So in a, in a different state where it's like alcohol is also owned by the state, and they everyone pays twenty dollars to come in, mm-hmm. but drinks are free when you go inside. So it's like a private club model because or the, like you're social not aid and pleasure club. You're, pl- you're paying to go inside. Yeah. I, you know, you know, like how I don't know if Richmond has a Richmond would have a history of these because like all cities yes. did at one point, but the social aid and pleasure club model. So I have friends who took they literally bought one. There's still a thing in Baltimore. <laughs> it's like it's mostly in the black community, but then there are like pockets of different of community. Spaces. Oh yeah. yeah, like like a ton. Mm. Like you need to connect with folks in Baltimore. Mm, like yeah, I really um, and Baltimore I, would is like already hungry for you, and if they don't know you, they they're mm. ready to. I felt a vibe in Baltimore for sure. Um, but um, there's like a barcode, but it's like black only. In barcode, yeah, I forgot the name of it, but it hits. 
Do you know the space oh, back door? Um, um, yeah, it's like, it's it's actually door? it's called the gallery. Yes. Yeah, yeah the it's, gallery, it's, and it's actually it, yeah. you know it's like the gallery is super interesting because it's, it's Barco, like, but only black people, basically. <laughs> and tinier, and yeah. like it's cheap, super but it's cheap also drinks. like that place is is super interesting. It's also like mostly a patronage of guys in the DL. Mm. Yes. You know, it's like, but I think that is like beautiful and I hope it can remain an institution in whatever, you know, like we can parse out DL, all that kind of stuff. But it's, I mean, it's amazing that those guys have a space. Yes. You know, besides the barbershop. Yeah. But so, um, shit, I totally lost my train of thought. I was uh, gonna say, you were saying Baltimore's ready for Madison and. Oh, so I have these friends, this group of friends who bought an, they, in the neighborhood that most of them are like near or adjacent to, they bought an, a social aid and pleasure club that was like um, old white men who goffed and they were, kind, they were they, it was for sale, but it was weird. It wasn't just the building. It was like all the licenses, like everything to do what you do. And it's like your own private world. Mm. You can do whatever you want inside those walls. It's basically like written into Maryland state law. And so they bought it. This like group. Yes. Yeah. There's a, there's a kind of very laissez-faire, like in Baltimore city too. Like how, like, yeah, there's a lot of cool things. Like Baltimore does, Baltimore has been a sanctuary city longer than any other city. They don't, they don't prosecute you, you know, like nobody's being asked for papers and stuff. But anyways, they, so the bunch of queers bought this social aid and pleasure club and um, it's called, what are they? The, Is it um, open? Randolph, uh, no, the Cliff, Clifton, Clifton, not Clifton Forge, Clifton social aid and pleasure club. It's like named, it's, I think it even oh. maybe kept the name, but it's super cool, but Is it's it the same. You have to go with a member or you have to be invited. And like, if you're a member, it's maybe like $200 a year or something like that. But you don't pay when you drink, you actually, you can be your own bartender. That's how I was like, Jesus Christ, this is crazy. But do you think that would work here? Like, I don't know. Because I, I don't, I don't, I, maybe ja and Jackie would know, like, if, if it's possible. Because she yeah. understands she would, ABC, yeah. like, how it works. Oh, yeah. But, like, I just, I would love to get around. Because there, there have been after, after hours clubs. Well, so Fieldins. Did you ever go to Fieldins? I don't, you, this is before your else time. That's before else time, I went to the one abroad one time. It was a lot of just white men looking for getting, like, prostitutes in the basement. And everyone was doing code. The one that I went to, the after hours club here. The, is that the? The one I fought abroad, if you just keep going up. But it's up a bit. Yeah, next to that okay. sushi restaurant, it's still open, I think. No, Fieldens has been closed for a while. But the one in Baltimore. Fieldens was like you would go, like Fieldens is where you went when all the bars closed at two, and you would go, and it was a private club, and you could keep drinking somehow. They didn't serve food. It was always like twenty dollars to get in the door. It was pretty druggy, but it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't what you just described. Mm. So. Mm. It's actually really fun. It was always. It's just dance. It's like the people who did not want the night to end. That's what I remember about it. I remember the... You um, mean DJing at spaces like this. So, but this Baltimore no. place is open? Yeah. Mm, let's go there. Hmm. I mean, it's it's not like, it's not, I don't, you know, you all might, might enjoy it. I'm just like proposing it as a model. You both have very, you have dreams for Richmond. You know, as... Well, you create the space you want to be in. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Bloom are your planets, my grandma always yes, said. Yes, yes. Um, well, I adore the two of you. Today was great. I'm glad that we got to collab and do this. I hope yeah. it is one of many. I think that as we talk about this distinction between blackness and queerness, we need to have more events like this, day parties mm -hmm. that kind of blur the lines. Um, so thank you for coming on, for inviting us, for spinning, oh. all the all the things that were going on today. And I hope that um, 
if anything, we have inspired some little. <laughs> some oh, little, I think we inspired some. Some baby out there <laughs> is going home and looking at glitter shirts online or lime green crop tops or, you know, quilt making. <laughs> Something. We're challenging we're trying, the baby. We're trying to queer them all. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Do you have any last, any last minute thoughts? How do, how do you feel if the day went? I feel like it was amazing. Yes, it's cute. It's it was cute. like, uh, it's even better than expected and dreamed of. Mm. Uh, that so you were talking about, sorry, one last little thought, but you were talking about texture earlier. And yes. I just want to say, I think that was what I couldn't find words for, but um, sound and your sound in particular adds a very different kind of texture to that work, which is already kind of dense mm. and layered and there's a lot of texture, but mm. it misses that. Mm. And so actually, about your work with sound is a great, you know, I didn't know like what you would play, but actually when I was really excited when I was like, oh, maybe Madison will join us because um, there's there's also a way in like other music that I've heard you spend before has been like um, I've called it witch house, but maybe you call it different things, but like darker, mm -hmm. you know, like kind of like looking, I don't know, through the darkness. <laughs> I was sort of thinking about that, like with the, you know, I love it. it's my so um, so yeah, I don't know. I you know like in a lot of ways, I think you know there's normally like a lot of light on the show, and you know people are thinking about um, I don't know like when things grow, like plants need light to grow, but yes. this idea that like these plants are like also growing at night, mm. you oh, know, and yes. maybe like vivaciously growing. Anyways, so that was kind of a beautiful moment for me. Come on, night party. Yeah, you have night party vibes right now. Mm -hmm. Well, and I and so I think that I came to the space thinking like okay. Um, Day, like because I because it's my favorite like it's my like go-to sound like I'm drawn to darker emotions and like darker heavier wavier things um and so I was skipping the folders that were like the darker heavier ones. <laughs> yeah like, I need to like I mean there were still some dark sounds in there because mm -hmm. that's just you can't. Like, it's that. like if I cook chicken, it's gonna be salted. If I make chicken, it's gonna be salted. It's gonna be. It's gonna be I'm gonna salt it, you know. So it's just there, you know. Well, and so, chicken that doesn't have. Salt no, but I'm just saying. You know, I'm just saying. Like, do you see your meat? <laughs> Duh. Okay, you can be my friend. <laughs> you know, but I was like trying to think about, like, you know, because it's it's this thing too when you're kind of programming a set. It's like if it, you know, and if it's daytime and like when is it and mm -hmm. you know, um, I'm, I'm playing this. Uh, festival in in August and I'm I think I'm on at like four or six. I'm like what do you what do you play on a PM or Sunday PM. Oh, but on a Sunday afternoon at like six PM. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's maybe but maybe it's a silly question. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I but there's also that doing? like beauty of like the tea dance. Like when when people would be like, yeah. so you all were like having a what does that mean? What does day party mean? I was like, have you ever heard of a tea dance? Like for some people, you know like, so Bill Martin was like, oh okay. You know? Wasn't Richmond having a tea dance? Kind so of I thing? thought there was something happening. Also, do you both know about Thirsties over in Southside? No. Um, speak on it. What is it? Yeah. So nobody knows about it, but there's actually like a new gay bar that's opened by a bunch of Cajun people that moved up from New Orleans what? called Thirsties, and they're doing little drag shows on I think Wednesday nights or something. But it's gay like, always we, or just Wednesdays? No, it's all. It's like always a gay bar. Thirsty Southside. But actually, we're I think, coming for you. Yeah, coming open up, tonight. Open the literally. Open the door. <laughs> they're tiny. Yeah, they're, like, they're right in that like curve. Love that idea that plants also grow at night. That isn't only that we think that they need light. I think that is like the. Night. I think that is like the description of the party. I feel like y'all are brewing a, a next mm -hmm. party together, and I feel like mm -hmm. the, the plants mm -hmm. grow at night thing is super sexy. Mm -hmm. Nocturnal vivacity. 
And I, I mean, I love a good succulent, so I love the idea. <laughs> no, I've, I, you have, you've been in my heart. No, I, for real, like, I have a lot of I plants in my succulent. home, and I do feel that there's this relationship that I have to growth and plants, like mm-hmm. self-growth, and mm-hmm. the ways that, like, mm-hmm. when I'm in my house, and I'm, and I'm walking mm-hmm. down my stairs, the aloe plant that is there. I remember that period where I did not water you for two weeks? Yeah, I cut my aloe Sauce. plant. I cut my owl plant and put it in my hair and my hair's yeah. growing. I'm like, thank you, girl. <laughs> so there is a thing about like, yeah, yeah that, that relationship to plants. That I'm, I am just totally they keep subsumed you accountable. by that kind of stuff right now. I'm reading this like really amazing research by this Canadian researcher on queer ecologies. Mm. And I think, you know, too, that's like a, this other thing where I think a lot of queer people, you know, we have... I mean, anyways, that's a whole nother episode. It's a whole nother episode, but you know, like the do centrality want to talk about of and its relationship to land. Shop well, that's what I was just sugar. about to say. Is yeah, that I also feel like yeah. queer people, like many black people in this country, feel dissociated from land mm. because they were when the black case kept from owning land, mm. um, and in the queer sense, the um, the centrifugal force of the city and of urbanity. You know, I think a lot of queer people don't feel like they even can have an. an a relationship to nature like what you're talking about but i think there is a literally we all can we out. all we all can we're all of this earth yes um, yes so and plants have a lot to teach us so mm-hmm. okay next episode plants grow at night i feel like that's a, that's a party idea that y'all have brewing thank you both mm-hmm. for being a part of this it, it's really special and it's really special to host you and and make friendship through this too mm-hmm. so and what's the club like, for hmm? what's the club for if not that Oh. Yes. You know and I mean? thank you for um I, I we have another person who's a part of our event so shout out to aaron valentine um of six pick that came and dj yeah oh yes. 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 Say, um, yes yes thank yes. you for the last minute kind of add-on i think that was um just really great to kind of share the stage yes absolutely let, you know expose the young folks to what the yeah. the big girls are doing and so i, I appreciate both of you being generous and um welcoming him your book is in our six pick library so what? maybe now he would go pick oh, that book nice. <laughs> yeah you have to come back you have to come and sign mm-hmm. it um but yeah i i love uh, us being able to share this with the young ones um and i hope that when we have more events we, we think about that too because you know we we are also mentors mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's true and it's important for us to realize that and, and show the kids how it's done mm-hmm. outside of heteronormative Face. <laughs> so we should throw a kid themed day party. Yeah. <laughs> no drinking, no, no drinking, but what, what could you imagine? That is a really good idea. Yeah. A non-heteronormative youth party. <laughs> like what would that even mean? We just gotta get them there. Yes. And they're ready. Tell I'm telling you, they oh, are ready. They're ready. They are ready. They're willing, like, bitch, let's go to 30s yeah. tonight. I know this podcast was long time in the making for you, Chaz. The world needs more people like you who can find the intersection between key keys and critical ideas. Keep rocking. Mama J loves you. Signing off from the Bronx, New York. Holla. Thank you so much, Chaz, for the dopeness that is the Black Matter podcast. You had a great season one. had the pleasure of being a part of season one. And I just can't wait to see and hear what you have coming for season two. Hey, Chaz, it's Keys. Congrats on season one. Thanks so much for bringing a little bit of queer Black joy into the workshop. We love you. Kadeem Fife, New York City. Great show, great season, and just one piece of advice, close your legs to married men, trash box. Hey, 
Hey, Chaz. Oh my god, this is Frankie. I was wondering if I could have a minute of your time to speak to your manager about how much I love Black Matter Podcast. It's Kaylin. Remember to bend with the wind so it doesn't break you and to always channel your Beyonce energy because your podcast is the Beyonce of podcasts. Hey, this is Rebecca Keel from Richmond, Virginia, giving mad praise to Chaz for bringing all these brilliant queer Black folks together. Can't wait for season two. Y'all listen out.